This week's show, just one in seven COVID cases is detected in Africa, while deaths from another deadly disease, tuberculosis, rise for the first time in a decade, the World Health Organization tells us. An update too from Afghanistan, where the UN Refugee Agency is desperately worried about a lack of funds for life-saving aid work and plunging winter temperatures. We'll also meet the team behind The Walk, an ambitious project to raise awareness about Syrian refugees and which involves leading a huge puppet across Europe. That's all coming up in this week's UN Catch-Up Dateline Geneva. Thanks for listening. First, the news. The humanitarian crisis in Afghanistan is worsening and funding for emergency aid is urgently needed to help 20 million people there, the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, said on Tuesday. A month since the UN-led appeal for solidarity for the people of Afghanistan, the UN Refugee Agency said that only around 35% of the funds it needed had been received. The development follows a call from UN Chief Antonio Guterres to the international community to inject cash into Afghanistan's crumbling economy to prevent its collapse, for which not only they but all the world will pay a heavy price. Speaking from Kabul, UNHCR spokesperson Baba Baloch said that economic collapse had to be avoided at all costs, particularly as temperatures were now plunging at night with the approach of winter. So resources are really needed to reach more and more more uh, more Afghans. I mean, when we talk about half of the population relying on humanitarian assistance here, uh, 20 million, that number is rising day by day. We need uh, those resources as immediately as possible. The UNHCR spokesperson said that the agency was trying to establish a logistics hub in neighbouring Uzbekistan to distribute aid to the country's many hundreds of thousands of internally displaced. Deaths from tuberculosis, one of the top infectious killers in the world, have increased for the first time in a decade as a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the World Health Organization, WHO, said on Thursday. New data from the UN Health Agency highlighted how years of global progress in tackling the preventable disease had been reversed as the pandemic overwhelmed healthcare systems in 2020, preventing vulnerable people from seeking help. With data from 197 countries and areas, WHO said that in 2020, some 1.5 million people died from TB, more than in 2019. Lockdowns had also stymied many people's access to essential healthcare services, WHO added, with the additional warning that the death toll from the disease could be much higher this year and next. Staying with the UN Health Agency, which has said that new data shows that only one in seven COVID-19 infections is detected in Africa. In an alert on Thursday, the World Health Organization cited data indicating that the total number of COVID-19 infections in Africa is estimated at 59 million. That's seven times more than reported cases. To tackle the problem, WHO has backed an initiative to enhance community screening for COVID-19 in eight countries. The programme aims to carry out rapid diagnostic tests on more than 7 million people in the next 12 months. The countries participating in the programme are Burundi, Côte d'Ivoire, Democratic Republic of the Congo, Guinea-Bissau, Mozambique, Republic of the Congo, Senegal and Zambia. Now to this week's interview, which was with my first puppet, a very, very large one at that, checking in at around 3.6 metres or more than 12 feet tall. Its name was Little Amal and it had three handlers, one standing on stilts inside the body of the puppet and there were two more helpers to guide Amal as she has been making her way across Europe. That's what she's been doing, walking from Europe from the Syria-Turkey border to Manchester in northern England. 
that's a whopping 5,000 miles or 8,000 kilometres, which even with the stride little Amal has on her is a huge feat of endurance. To find out about this ambitious awareness-raising project, which is called The Walk, I went to meet the producer, David Lan, just outside the UN in Geneva, where there was a wonderful and noisy reception for the puppet, as you'll hear. My name is David Lan and I'm one of the producers of The Walk. And it is some walk, we're outside UN Geneva and little Amel, who is more than three metres or 12 feet tall, has made a grand entrance. Children have been clapping and cheering. Maybe you could just fill in for those who aren't here, who don't know the background. What is the reason behind this grand tour? Well, the tour is a journey that little Amal, who's a um, nine-year-old Syrian refugee girl from Aleppo. It's a journey that she's making in search of her mother. We imagine she was living in Aleppo, the war came, her mother set out to look for a place of safety, hasn't returned. Little Amal, despite being a child, like hundreds of thousands of other children, has set off, in her case, to look for a mother, but to find a place of safety in the world. One of millions of refugees, obviously the youngsters are very vulnerable. She's had a very warm welcome here. Children have been clapping and cheering and there are lots of cameras, there's people everywhere. But not everywhere has been so receptive, have they? To, to... No, we've invited initially artists and organisations that work with artists to welcome her in whatever way they feel is meaningful, appropriate to the place, uh, the town, the city, the village, wh wherever it is. And yes, as you say, I mean, the overwhelming majority of places that she's been and there are starting at Gaziantep in southeast Turkey and ending That's on the border with Syria isn't it? Yeah, right, very near the border with Syria. The vast majority I mean of places have been very welcoming. She's been welcomed by the mayors of big cities most recently in Marseille where we were a few days ago. The mayors and officials and faith leaders of, of many towns. Um, there have been very occasionally moments where people have not been welcoming but we know that the world is divided some people understand the need to rethink our lives because of the needs of the millions of people who are displaced because of war or persecution or no longer possible for them to live as they've lived we know that particularly now people face tremendous difficulties in their lives but we start from the premise that what really matters is humanity, is our relationship to people in need. It's a kind of test of the quality of our societies that we can respond positively to people in need. Um, you say that, but we're not particularly, are we? I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're not particularly responding positively. What's the message to the United Nations, to the international community, to people everywhere from Little Amal? Well, Little Amal's message to the world is a very simple one. It's just, don't forget about us. She speaks on behalf of particularly child refugees and boys, of course, as well as girls, but displaced people of every kind, wherever they happen to be. The message is a very simple one, is don't forget about us. OK, and have you visited any refugee camps on your way here? Yes, we have. You know, the various camps are very different and the experience of the people who are confined to those camps can be very different. And in some cases, people are in extremely harsh circumstances that makes it difficult for people to be generous in their reception of people in difficult circumstances. 
But by and large, I mean, we've been in refugee camps in all the countries, not in Switzerland, but in Turkey and Italy and Greece. And, I mean, there have been some experiences in Greece, for example, where refugees have been able to leave the camp in which they're currently confined in order to spend some time with little Amal and the people around her. And the experience has been very warm. And I think the thing that people often feel as we go on our journey is that by visiting them, and of course there's a million places we could go, but by visiting them we are acknowledging the work that is being done. There are so many organizations, there is so much goodwill. I mean there is so much goodwill. I guess you're about halfway between here and between Turkey and Manchester UK where you're going to end up finally. How's the team doing and, and how many people are involved in supporting Little Amel? I should explain you know, she's, I've said she's more than three metres tall, 12 feet high. She's got these massive feet and hands. She has helpers on either side and somebody on stilts inside. So how many people are involved in the logistics of this? There are just over 20 of us on the road. It's sometimes a few more people visit us, friends, and the, the numbers go up a little bit. But the basic team is about 20. There are 10 puppeteers. It takes, as you've explained, it takes three people to animate Little Amal. We also have another team of people who are making little one, two minute films in order to get her message, her story, which of course represents the message and story of millions of other people into the world. Yeah, so there's quite a lot of us on the road. But you're all holding up okay. You haven't got too many blisters. Look at me. I look all right, don't I? Um, no, we're doing you're looking fine. a bit tired, if I may say. <laughs> yeah. Where did you come from today? Well, we arrived in Geneva yesterday, so, and we're here for a couple of days. Sometimes we just one day in a city, we move on the next day, and that can get a bit worrying. But honestly, you know, um, we're not actually refugees ourselves. We're doing this out of choice. We don't sleep on the bridges. Um, it's Has it given you any more insight into what a refugee goes through? Because the story that, that you hear on the news is very dramatic often. But have you seen more subtleties, more shades? Well, I've never thought of it as black and white, really. I mean, oh, of course, yes, I've learned a huge amount. I mean, you can imagine, partly just visiting so many places who are engaging with this major new reality in our lives each place in a different way of, of course it's completely fascinating but part of what we're doing and part of the thinking behind what we're doing is to try and get behind the sense that refugees are in some sense all the same each refugee i mean the refugees are us us the different circumstances they're just like us and of course they are doctors of philosophy dentists nurses poets, people of every description find themselves thrust out of their lives into a new and very tough reality. And of course, our experiences, however difficult it may be for us, it's like nothing by comparison to the reality of having to take your life in your hands. But if you ask me, have I learned? Yes, of course, tremendous amount. I mean, just a couple of days ago, we were in a town in the Alps, which is very close to the Italian border and where many people cross over. And what was completely fascinating was the people in the town that we visited who go out at night to help. And the lesson was that everybody was compassionate. Some people welcomed people coming from other countries. Some people didn't welcome it and thought, why, you know, why go somewhere else? I wish they went somewhere else. But what became so clear in talking to people is 
when the reality was that there were families of people now from Afghanistan in the mountains in the night drenched terrified with you know no sense of where they are the response even by people whose views are not inherently welcoming was compassionate people said to me they're human beings what else can we do and to be reminded of that that there are millions and millions of people of goodwill um, who, who are looking for ways in which we can find new ways of living together that makes the whole journey worthwhile My thanks to David Lan for taking time out from the walk with Little Amal, raising awareness about the plight of migrants and refugees in Europe and beyond. For the full interview, go to unnews.com forward slash audio hub. And now with the sound of those children's laughter still ringing in my ears as they saw Little Amal for the first time crossing the road, it was quite a sight, it's time to welcome back Solange Berdegui-Cortez, who joins us on the line now for some closing comments. Hi, Solange. Hola, Daniel. Yeah, Little Amal's story started with The Jungle, a theater piece written by Joe Murphy and Joe Robertson after they spent seven months living in the refugee camp in Calais, France. That became known as The Jungle. These two writers created the Good Chance Theater in the hearth of this camp in Calais, empowering artists from across the world to tell their stories, build resilience and create new kind of communities. The play, which is the result of this life sharing experience shows how people fleeing different countries. They were 25 nationalities, Eritrea, Afghanistan, Syria, Sudan, and many others came together to build a community on their own in peace a place that looks a lot like a home, the home of the strangers of the world. The Jungle was played in London's West End and at St. Anne's Warehouse in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, I didn't see either performance, but if you read the play, you can see that the little Amal is one of the characters, a six years old unaccompanied child whose first word is school. David Land, and the producers of the work thought that Amal, which means hope in Arabic, had much more to say. So the three and a half meter puppet we saw in Geneva has grown and is now nine years old. She represents all displaced children traveling 8,000 kilometers between eight countries to raise awareness about the refugee crisis. Her voice reminds us that there are political issues that remain unresolved. In a way, she is asking all countries, how can all nations help to address the migrant crisis? Little Amal is too big to ignore. And as David Land said to you, Daniel, her message is giant. Don't forget about us. Sangal, a Pashto word that means jungle, is not a place for a child on their own. Let's hope that at the end of her journey, little Amal can contribute to creating and opening a safe corridor of goodwill for refugees. Refugees are giants. And as the producers of the work said, they forced us to think big and to act bigger. Thank you, Solange.
It's a stunning project and it must be exhausting. So really well done. Hats off to David Lan and all the team of The Walk. You can follow them on social media as well to see where they are getting to. They went through Paris and I believe they're going up through Germany, Belgium, uh, low countries, and then to Calais itself before crossing the channel somehow to get up to Manchester. So still a long way to go. Good luck on the rest of your journey. And thank you for coming to see us at UN Geneva. We're supposed to be wrapping things up now. So let me say a whopping thank you to Solange for being here this week again. And a big thank you to you listeners for being part of the show too and for following the UN's work. Don't forget, if you want more headlines, stories and interviews, just check out UN News. We'll be back next week, this time with an interview from Mali music legend Vyofaka Toure, who's better known as the Hendrix of the Sahel. Until then, look after yourselves. Bye-bye for now. Ciao, Daniel. Hasta la próxima.